Fill your Bibles with you. When you turn to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 and 32. Mm. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 31 32. Let's give God some praise for the worship this morning. And that is appropriate. I'm reading out of the New American Standard. If you do not have that version of the Bible, it is on the screen before you. And it reads as such in our hearing as we deal with the subject matter moved by the fire of Christ's love. It says, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great. But I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Amen. Amen. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that you be glorified this morning. And Father, just... uh, Allow the anointing of your spirit to fall fresh on us. Do what only you can do. Father, I pray that there will be a restraint on my lips that I will not say anything that you don't want me to say. And allow me to hear, allow me to say that which you want to be said. Then allow there to be listening ears with all that are here. So Lord, speak. Many voices are speaking, but Lord, you speak. Speak through all the static. Speak through all. Lord, just speak. Even now, we pray. Amen. As I've been studying these verses, realize that God more and more is revealing to me not so much about the relationship of the husband and wife but about our relationship with him. The way that we can understand our relationship or the relationship that God wants with us is by understanding what God has called the marriage to. The problem that we have with that illustration is that 
we know marriages, but, but it's few in between if we see any marriages that model what God has called marriage to be. To really catch hold of what Paul was saying when he says oneness, the, the oneness of not just a flesh, but oneness of spirit, oneness of emotions, oneness. We really need to go back to the book of beginnings, which is the book of Genesis before the fall. We, 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 we try to explain some things. We try to look at some things last week. But, but, but allow me to take one step back in order to take two steps forward. Here he says that, that, that what I talk about when God speaks of marriage, ultimately he's trying to give us a picture of what Christ wants with every one of us. Hold on. What I'm beginning to understand, and I'm just scratching the surface, is that sometimes God gives us natural things to understand spiritual principles. Always. Because there's no way we can understand the spiritual truth without having some natural principles to go by. So unless God points to something that we can see and understand, we can't understand what he's talking about. Listen, a lot of times what we get in church is rituals, rights, and wrongs, and we think that God is satisfied with us just going through the routine. The reason why that song that y'all sung is so powerful at the end, that praise is what I do is praise ought to be a response. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Y'all didn't hear that. Christ keeps on showing his love toward us every single day. He woke you up this morning, started you on your way. That is the love of Jesus being expressed to you and I. The natural response to that ought to be that we open up our mouth and give him thanks and thanksgiving and pray because he didn't have to do it. I mean, praise ought to be so spontaneous that throughout the day you find yourself giving praise to God, thinking about how good he is, how good he's been, how good he's about ready to be. Hold on. <laughs> See, something's wrong with our relationship with him if we don't respond to the goodness of God. Genesis. Genesis chapter 2, verse 
Paul quotes this in, in, in Genesis. He quotes this where, where, where the book of beginnings begin to share with us relationships. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of depth in this particular verse in verse 24, but, but what it shows is that God intended for there to be oneness to becoming one in the relationship of marriage. Oneness of, of spirit, oneness of emotion is two that becomes inter-entangled. And the summation of it or the rapture of it is on the honeymoon night when there is a, a, a physical union that takes place. Last week I talked about how we get things all messed up. And then when we move things too quickly out of place, the end result isn't what it's supposed to be. Hold on, I'm going to, yeah, that, thank you, I'm going to go there. Matter of fact, if we wouldn't have got things out of place, you may not have married who you married. Because you would have found out that they can't emotionally connect to you, so why should they physically have you? Ah. Y'all might as well take a deep breath this morning. Because when we place things out of sync, we don't end up with the results that God intended. Nobody told us this stuff. Nobody broke it down where it was understandable. I believe that we are living in a season where God is giving deeper illumination of relationship because the relationship between the man and the woman and the marriage is so jacked up. So God is giving deeper illumination so that to help us recapture what the devil have stolen. Check this. If there is no picture and we don't understand what God has given in the marriage, then how can we understand what our relationship with him ought to be like? If the image of, of unity and oneness is merged, then when it comes to intimacy with God, won't that be jacked up too? I believe that verse 25 is the key to all relationships. Notice what I said, all relationships. Not just key relationship to marriage, not just key relationship to our relationship with the Lord, but key relationship in all true relationships. Listen, this is before the fall. What we're trying to do is reclaim what God had for us before the fall. Let me step into this. A lot of folks is trying to reclaim Eden. But Eden is paradise, and paradise is the presence of God, which will ultimately be heaven. But what God really wants us and have set 
forth for us to try to reclaim is intimacy with him. To rediscover what was lost when Adam and Eve disobeyed. Hold on, let me throw this at you. I said this before, but I know a lot didn't catch it. Only to the closeness we get to God is the closest you can get to anybody else. And if you can't love folks, if we can't love folks around us, it is a reflection of the intimacy we have with God. Notice that, 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 that 24 comes before 25, and 25 is explaining how oneness comes about. And what he says here is that they were naked, and don't get stuck on being naked, because it wasn't just talking about physical nakedness. It was talking about transparency. They stood there, and there was no such thing as fear. There was no such thing as insecurity. What they saw in each other was confirmation of what God saw in them. What we need to get back to is see yourself in the image that God sees you. Not only were they transparent with one another, they stood in total transparency with God. Not ashamed, not afraid, but caught up in his glory. Listen, they were not self-conscious, they was God-conscious. You know what our biggest problems is? Selfishness. Do you know when selfishness came in? When they disobey God. Genesis 3. Genesis 3. When they ate, when Adam ate, both their eyes of them were open and they, listen, and they knew they were naked. Their eyes became open and that which they was not aware of, they became aware of. Let me tell you what happened. Self-consciousness. There's a difference between being self-aware and self consciousness to be self-aware is knowing that you exist in the garden when God was there when they was in there they knew that they were exist but listen self-consciousness means that you are preoccupied with yourself google it google it see if I'm telling the truth It, 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 it means that, that you are out of sync with, with yourself. It means that all of a sudden you are full of selfishness. See, selfishness means that, that it's me, myself. Oh, y'all know that person, don't y'all? 
See, when it's just when you're just full of you, yourself, and I, there's no room to love anybody else. When we are full of self, you protect how much you give out. Because you ain't going to give out no more than what they give. Hold on, wait a minute. It gets worse than that. You're going to make sure they give more. But wait a minute. Is that the love that Christ has loved us with? He, got, he so loved the world that he gave. Matter of fact, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, wait, watch, watch, watch this, watch this. We even approach our relationship with God that way. We only gonna let God in so much. Let, let, me, let me help us. For most of us, it's not our fault. You know why it's not our fault? Because unless we had a perfect mom and dad who set the foundation, we translate to God what we learn from them. As a child, a child sees mom and dad as God. They're totally dependent on it. And if de- especially if dad is not there. Somebody ought to say amen right now. If dad is jacked up, you can't tell me that little Johnny and, and, and Tequita gonna be, ain't going to be jacked up. I was searching for a name that nobody has. Shh, let me wipe the sweat off my foot. Because if dad breaks trust, if we are rejected by our parents, we come into Christianity, and though we may be saved, we still translate that God is going to Some of us as kids have said, I will never let nobody in again. Let me go back. As adults, some of us have said, I will never give my heart like that again. We are standing, even in church, hiding. Hiding from God and hiding from one another. They sow fig trees, fig leaves on each other. They, they start to say, wait a minute, I'm naked. I can't let you see me. We're not just talking about the physical. We're talking about, hold on, praising God. Hallelujah! Shouting and hiding. 
Instead of the relationship doing like this, we both close. Our one is closed. And there's never a hiding. Because from a psychological standpoint, the number one hurt, pain of hurt, is rejection. Rejection of parents first, then rejection of a loved one. Hold on. Let me erase that. The fear of rejection for being rejected of God. Next verse. They heard the Lord coming. I told you this in the cool of the day that they were, God used to come and be with his children. Every day they played. They delighted themselves in God. The God we serve wants us to delight in him. He wants us to come in his presence, and as we delight in him, he delights in us. But we have moved it into a lot of don'ts and a lot of do's, into rituals, and our heart is far from God. And if we're not careful, you can be a religious lunatic. And hold everybody else to your standard. And God is saying, I don't even know. <laughs> it's a love affair, y'all. Some of y'all don't know. It's probably been a long time. Do you remember when you was in love? And you stayed on the phone all night. Some of y'all are falling asleep now because you was on the phone all. I mean, anybody else, 15 minutes, click. But when you in love, you listen to each other breathe. Snore. You're not asleep, are you? No, I'm not asleep. I mean, compelled by that in love feeling. Compelled. Wait a minute. Every animal has a response to God. Horse runs and click his back heels in, his, in, in, in the gallop of his feet. The eagle turned towards the storm, not away from the storm, so that the up current would take him higher so he can get closer to his God. The lion, after his kill, stands over his prey and roar, saying thank you to God. The wolf pack get together, look up at the moon, it said, Ow! I've been practicing that. Thank you. The rooster watched the sun come up and make its way on a high hill. Cockatoo doo doo doo. I didn't practice that. The whale and the dolphins leap out of the water. 
The birds sing a song in the morning. It seems like everything has an expression of praise. And they do it because it's in them. God gave us a free will to run to him, to praise him, to thank him, to fellowship with him. Listen, Eden, Eden was not a place. Don't get confused. It was a presence. And God is trying to get us back into his presence. We want the benefits, and God said, I'm trying to get you back to the relationship. Trying to get you back there. Look, God came walking in the day like normal, and they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Are you hiding? Right in church. Hiding. Notice this. If I'm hiding from God, then I'm also hiding from everybody else. Yes, Lord. The hiding factor affects every other relationship in our lives. We cannot be intimate and transparent with nobody else until we are intimate and transparent. Transparency comes down and flow outward. What's the next verse? And the Lord God called and said, man, where are you? Listen, how you hear, where are you? I can determine how your father was to you. Because we translate the voice of our biological father to the voice of God. We translate that attitude. If we hear God saying, where are you? Then I would say your father was stern and strict. And you did not have emotional intimacy with your father, even though he may have been in the house. If you hear where are you from a point of don't care, then your dad was absent. And wasn't emotionally present, wasn't physically present. But if you hear where are you, you read it from a point of view where he's brokenhearted. Listen, any mom and dad who hears that their child was in a car accident and had to be rushed to the hospital, you're not thinking about your car. What you want to know is, are they alive? Are they okay? Are they going to be okay? You're not even concerned about what happened right now. All you want to know, tell me about my child. And that is true for us. Isn't it more true about God? Listen. He said, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid. He was never afraid of God. 
because I was naked, so I hid myself. Next verse. He said, that's what God says. Who are you listening to? Whose voice other than mine are you now hearing? Before the garden, they could not hear no other voice but God's. You know what our problem is? We're listening to too many different voices. We have allowed everybody else other than God to define who we are. Come on, America had this, this, had this, this painting, this famous painting that was, it looked like that it was faded away, half of it was faded, but you could tell the artist was a master. It was, it was done by the masters of yesterday, but, but because of time, because of, of age, it, it began to fade away. I don't know how this lady got to this picture. I think it was in a church or something in the wall, and it was famous. And this lady, I don't know if she had dementia, I don't know if she had Alzheimer's, I don't know what it was, but she was a, you know, amateur painter. So she went to fix the painting. And I want you to know, she distorted the whole picture. It was horrible. The whole face of the picture was murdered. It was distorted. She thought she was helping the process. And she literally destroyed the value. And then, you know what Satan did? Satan took his paintbrushes and his paint, started painting on what God says we are and have distorted in our own minds, the image of who we are. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Who you think you are has been messed up by other voices speaking in you. So therefore, God is trying to move out of the way all the other voices that have spoken into you and he tells you, you're not that. You are this. Hold on. You know why y'all not clapping? Because you think God has a negative picture of you. Y'all didn't hear that. You doubt what God sees about you. But wait a minute. God sees you in his mind as the finished picture. He don't see you where you are. He sees you where he's going to make you to be. And he speaks to you right there. And he says to you, this is how I see you. And this is how I want you to see yourself. Wait a minute. Unless you are allowing God to rewrite the tapes in your mind, 
you're going to be stuck with somebody else's painting of you. The reason why some of us will never get where God wants us to be, we're looking to the wrong picture. Hold on. The reason why some of us ain't fuzzing on the moment, we're listening to the wrong voice. I declare, when you start hearing God talk about you, it will change your attitude. I declare, when God start telling you how much he loves you, you start getting the can't help this. I tell you the best way to get your praise on. Watch God talk about how much he loves you, not because of you, but in spite of you. And you can't help but get excited. When you know that God's been good, it's going to get better, and he loves you in regardless. You can't help but say, thank you, thank you. When you recognize he saved me when I didn't know him. He got a purpose for me. Lord, you got great things in store for me. What folks used to say about you don't matter anymore. Next verse. Next verse. Listen to this. Adam, to show you that it messed up all other relationships is here Adam threw Eve under the bus. <laughs> it was that woman. <laughs> you gave me. I was doing fine all by myself. And you bring that chick over here. That's what the text says. And she messed me up. You know what he did? He moved out of the way and said, it's you. All of us at some point have had folks who should have been for us, who should have covered us, move away from us and said, it's you. Parents, anybody. And we stood there with a spotlight. God will never move away from you. He would tell you and show you the truth about you as he holding you and loving you. The only reason he shows you is not to condemn you, but to help you let go of what you shouldn't be holding on to. God's trying to move us from where we're at to where we need to be, but he got to change some attitudes about us. See, when you let God in, he won't talk about you to anybody else. He knows your dirt, and he keep it a secret between him and you. 
He knows your diary, but he ain't telling nobody. And he loves you in spite of what's written in your diary. You got a reason to praise God, because he loves you in spite of you. He knows every dirty little secret, and he's mad about you. He's sold out about you. He's Somebody says, wait a minute. You talking about before I got saved? No, I'm talking about now. I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about right now. Because none of us is all that, but he still loves you. He's bringing us back to God consciousness. Away from self-consciousness. He bringing us back to unlock the doors of our hearts. He says, what have you done? And the woman says that she was deceived. Go to 13. Let's run through this. Uh, go to 14, 15. And the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this. Listen, the reason why Satan talked through the serpent, because he could not get in their heads. In Genesis chapter 2, the only voice they could hear was God's. <laughs> and when Adam saw Eve, what he saw was what God saw. And when she looked into his eyes, it gave confirmation of what God was saying about her. Listen, can I use you as an example? Now just sit there. Just sit there. The Bible says love covers up a multitude. The same. When we love somebody with God's love, we don't see what's not there. But we see what's going to be there. And we treat them in a way of what they're going to be, not where they are. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, if I'm self-conscious, I'm walking around like this. You know what? I don't see none of y'all. Because I'm too busy looking at myself. You know anybody like that? But when we love folks, you have a tendency. Though you know it's there, you don't see it. You don't respond to that. What you respond to is what God shows you is in them. And the only way, let me say this, and the only way we can love folks like that is that God is doing that for you. But you got a freedom in the way God loves you. So guess what? If God is loving you like that, you can help, you can love other folks because you can't give what you haven't experienced. 
But if you're living in it, you can walk in it. He tells the snake, because you were the instrument, I was going, to, apparently the snake had legs at one time. That's kind of scary, but that's true. <laughs> but he said, you're going to go down on your belly. Next verse. I will put enemy between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. This is a messianic verse right here because what Christ is saying, what God is saying is, since you made war with man, I'm going to bring a man that's going to defeat you at your game. Wait a minute. Moses failed. Abraham failed. David failed. Solomon failed. Everyone in the list failed. But God had a plan to wrap himself up in human flesh. Come down 42 generations, being born in Bethlehem, being raised as a man, walking as a man. But God on the inside, don't you know that God stepped into our mess to get us out of our situation? Don't you know he became one of us, fully man but still fully God, to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves? Don't you know that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we may be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? And when you are in Jesus, your sins are covered. That's something to shout about. God sees you covered by the blood. Covered by the blood. Listen. In 2 Corinthians 5, 14. I think I got it right this time. I, I messed it up at the 8 o'clock. I really did. But I think I got it this time. This is what it says. 2 Corinthians 5. Maybe I messed it up again. I think I got it this time. <laughs> okay. It says, For the love of God, compels and constrains. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. American Standard says, how can I breathe? Because in some Bibles it says, compel. In some Bibles it says, constrain. Did you know that's opposites? Compel means there's something pushing you. Constrain mean there's something holding you back. Wait a minute. How can the Greek word conveys two totally opposite ideas? But the Greek word that is written there does contain both ideas. So what the American Standard did say, we got a trick. We're going to say control. But the real picture is God is pushing you and holding you at the same time. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is there anybody house know what I'm talking about? That there's some things you would have done, but the Spirit of God 
stopped you, constrained you. You would have cussed that person out. Oh, yes, you would have. They should have never went there. Matter of fact, you reach way back in your file cabinet. They don't know you used to cuss like a sailor. You, they don't know that. They don't know that. And you went back to grab that. And you went to open up your mouth to give them four-letter words, seven-letter words, eight-letter words. And what happened is, what came out is, I love you. <laughs> Hold on, let's try that again. some hands. Is there anybody? Because there's some folks that don't believe me. You went to say one thing and before it got out of your mouth, you said something else. You went there to give them a piece of your mind, a piece of something else, but when you got there, you blessed them instead of cursed them. God will stop you in your tracks and say, wait a minute, let me handle it. Won't he do it? I mean, I mean, you had it made up in your mind. But as soon as you saw them, instead of hit them, you hugged them. Then you had another to walk away mad and say, what's wrong with you? I should have gave him a piece of my wine. You know what? I should have cussed them out. You wait till I see them next time. The next time you saw them, I love you. God will mess you up when you're under the control of the Holy Spirit. What happens is what you go there to do, you can't do. What you want to say, you can't say. What's wrong with you? It's the love. Oh, when I think about how good he been to me, I can't help myself. Listen, the love of Jesus just don't make you praise him, but it makes you obedient to him. The stuff you want to do. Make plans to do. God start working on you. Start reminding you. You're mine. I chose you. I picked you out. I saved you. Matter of fact, I kept you. I pulled you out of all that mess. And you're going to go back? Hold on. God will make you think. Yes, sir. It's not about those folks. All right. yes, it's not about them. Yes, sir. It's all. Hello. Yes, sir. It's all. Yes, sir. Every bit. Yes, sir. Don't let nobody yes, move you yes, sir. out of position yes, 
God been too good to all of us for us to act any old way. And if you fall, repent and get back up. Just because the devil tripped you up, you don't have to stay down. If you got to climb your way out the pit, then climb your way out the pit. I hear somebody saying, Rev, you just don't know all the stuff I got in my head. A lot of stuff done happened to me. Then you need to be like that stubborn old mule whose master tried to bury him. The devil's trying to bury you under all that stuff, under all that dirt. But they tell me that just because somebody throwing dirt on you, you don't have to let the dirt stay on you. What you need to do is shake it off with some praise. Shake it off with some thanksgiving. Praise God now. Pile it under your feet. Matter of fact, some of us got a mountain of stuff that done happened to us. Notice what I said. Not a hill, a mountain. Hold on. How many folks in here got a mountain of stuff that done happened in your life? But if you've never been broke, you wouldn't know how God can provide. If you've never been messed up, you wouldn't know God can heal. If you've never been through anything, how would you know that your God is able to deliver you, to keep you, to save you? Know what? The more the stuff, the higher your mountain. So stand on your mountain and give a testimony. I've been through a lot of stuff, but let me tell you, my God, my Savior, my Lord, he's good. He brought me out. He brought me out. What you do? Shake it off. Step up a little bit higher and give God the praise. Shake it off. Put it up under your feet and give God. Is there anything you need to give God praise for? Then you ought to praise him right now. Right now, right now, he been good, he been good, he been real good. Listen, listen. Not only did he compel and restrain you, but he compelled and restrained the devil in your life. not allow the devil to do what he wanted to do. God knew exactly 
how much you could take and not an ounce more. And God told the devil, knock it off. No more. You can't have no more. Matter of fact, he knew the season. He was going to bring you out. Hold on, hold on. What you're going through now isn't going to always be what you're going through. You're right. Yes, sir. Hold on. Let me say it again. Yes, sir. Just because you're going through right now, remember, you're going through. If there's a beginning of thrill, there's an end of thrill. Wait a minute. Check this out. And God orchestrated your thrill. Wait a minute. He started at the end of thrill. Walked his way back to the beginning of your thrill and gave you everything you need to go through. He already measured it. He already weighed it. And gave you everything you need to go through. The question is, are you still praising him while you go through? Are you listening to his voice while you go through? Do you know that God got you while you go through? Well, I got to cross the time. You cry your butt off. I don't understand this, but you can cry and praise him at the same time. Hold on. I'm going to mess you up with this one. Tears of sorrow and start praising him while the tears are locking up under your face. And by the time you get through praising him, the tears will become tears of joy lapping up under your face. <laughs> Hold on. We serve a God that is a paradox. Yes, he would take your bad stuff, turn it into a reason to give him praise. Have you let him in? Thank you, Lord. Yes, Are you delighting in the intimacy of your relationship with the Lord? Yes, Lord. And He will keep you yes, he will. in the midst of yes, he will. Yes, he will. and show you. Yes, He will. Oh, you may get down for a second. It's amazing how God knows where you are at mm -hmm. and will send just what you need your yes, way. Yes, he will. 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 You can have it on a hip-hop station. Yes, and he'll speak to you. And he'll speak to you. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. I told you before, 
a chickmunk would come stand in front of you and say, chick, 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 chick. And you would swear, he said, God is good, God is good, God is good. Don't tell nobody, but you heard what you thought you heard. God will use everything and anything to get his children's attention, to let you know, I have not forsaken you, I have not left you, I am right here with you. The devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. Keep holding on to me. I'm not through with you yet. We're going through. We're not here to stay. We're going. 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 Make it personal. I'm going. I'm going. I'm not here to stay. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Say it like you mean it. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm serving notice on the devil. I'm not here to stay. But I'm going.